And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, the U.S. drought monitor shows that abnormally dry weather is once again spreading out into farm country. John Baranek is the agricultural meteorologist with DTN. He says the drought monitor shows the dry weather is expanding once again. If you look at the U.S. drought monitor map, there's a lot of color on it, especially if you look west of the Mississippi River. I mean, there's a few spots there that are kind of pockmarked with very little or no drought. But for the most part here, we've been seeing it expand quite significantly, especially over the last month. Rainfall in some areas east of the Rockies has been next to nothing. Minneapolis just recorded its driest month in September ever. And then there's areas down in Texas and Oklahoma and the Ozarks and Missouri and and Arkansas that saw absolutely not a drop. Even areas that had picked up rain over the summer have turned dry once again. It's very significant across Kansas and Oklahoma and even east of the Mississippi River where they've had better rainfall over the summertime. This last month hasn't been that kind to them outside of what happened with Hurricane Ian on the east coast. Dryness and drought have been creeping in those areas too, so it's expanding rather rapidly. Brennick says a ridge of high pressure is the primary culprit for holding back precipitation in a lot of areas. You know, what we've kind of seen really most of the summer just kind of didn't work out where we've had some thunderstorms move through. We've had a large ridge of high pressure tied to La Nina and the conditions we've seen all summer long. That has been kind of the background feature for most of the country here. And that ridge of high pressure is hot and dry. And we've certainly seen a lot of those conditions. Every once in a while it breaks up and we've seen some better rainfall, but that hasn't really happened in the Plain States or the West. The Central Plains and Western U.S. continue to be hardest hit by drought. Based on the drought monitor itself, we're looking at southwestern Nebraska down through the Texas Panhandle, and then most of Kansas and Oklahoma as kind of the main area there that has just been in dire straits all summer long and now into the fall. But the West hasn't had a whole lot either. They've had a little bit of improvement. They got a unique storm system out in California that gave them some rain, but there's still significant drought out there in California, also through the Great Basin, so Nevada, Utah, and southern Oregon also. Again, that's John Baranek of DTN. Well, last week, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association urged the Biden administration to press pause on a new Waters of the U.S. rule. NCBA urged the EPA to halt their efforts for now on a new WOTUS rule that the Biden administration is working swiftly on. NCBA's Executive Director for National Resources and Executive Director of the Public Lands Council, Caitlin Glover, says they have asked the EPA to wait until the Supreme Court makes its ruling on the Sackett versus EPA case to avoid two rulemakings. We've urged the EPA and the Army Corps to pause their rulemaking. It it has been such a significant whiplash for cattle producers, for private landowners, and even for the agency itself. A a rule change on average every about three and a half years over, over the last several years because of the way this definition has changed. For the EPA to proceed with their rulemaking to sort of have a race to the finish line with the Supreme Court, Uh, is not a responsible regulatory perspective at this stage. The EPA rule, Glover says, is currently under review by the White House Office of Management and Budget. Glover says the conservation work that cattle producers do on a daily basis should not result in additional regulation for them. Maintaining those strong ag exemptions like stock ponds and farm ditches, she added, is critical in any final rule. We want it to be clear and consistent. We don't want this back and forth. Um, but but we also want to make sure that it's common sense, right? Don't regulate the things that are very clearly isolated, that very clearly don't have that relative permanence, right? Don't regulate things like prairie potholes. Don't regulate things that are, are ephemeral, the, the dry washes, the things that, that appear 
uh, in, in very limited circumstances. Glover says a WOTUS ruling needs to be one that supports the work that cattle producers do to create and maintain healthy and safe water. The question of durability, she added, is absolutely key. Well, tight stocks have led to record high butter prices last quarter. Butter prices were one of the hot dairy industry topics during last week's World Dairy Expo. Tanner Emke of CoBank explains. Uh, it's uh, the news of the day. Record high butter prices last quarter. And butter prices have uh, remained fairly resilient, surprisingly, because of very tight stocks out there. And the question is to why and well, is that going to change? Uh, obviously, because that's going to change the price outlook. Butter production is unique, as Emke says, which is part of the reason why prices are high. A lot of that butter is made during the spring flush and then put into big gigantic freezers, which they hold throughout the year until they start staging it in the fall for the big holiday season. And so the retailers, they try to stage that inventory, if you will, in advance. Well, there was a scramble because all the retailers are a little concerned about the supply. Butter stocks are very, very tight because so much of our milk in this country increasingly goes to cheese. And when you're short on um, the spring flush, it's usually butter that's going to get the short end of the stick. He expects the high prices to remain through the end of the year. We're going to see some very strong butter prices going forward. That's sort of the main contributor as to why we have cl- such high class four prices, why class four milk is trading at a premium to class three milk, which is for cheese. That's going to be sustained through the next quarter. We think by the end of the quarter, we're finally going to see butter prices come down. But still, though, we're still very, very tight. And we've got the international consumer that's also buying U.S. butter, especially places like Canada, the Middle East. The thing going forward, I think, is not only post-holiday consumption uh, dropping off, but we've also seen very strong imports as well, especially coming in from Ireland. Again, that's Tanner Emke of CoBank. Well, dairy farmers are not looking to expand much right now, given the current market conditions. Mike North of EverAg says there's several things facing dairy farmers right now that are limiting expansion. You know, obviously feed costs and the overall input costs, and you can throw labor in there and the whole kit and caboodle. That ultimately is keeping people from expanding because they don't want to walk into a major capital expenditure and then have the floor drop out from underneath them with a high cost structure. Nationally, we still have a quota system that is maintaining a presence in different geographies, also keeping people from expanding. And then lastly, let's say you're not held by either of those concerns. Where are you going to find someone to build you a new freestall barn or a new parlor? And then what are you going to have to pay in terms of building materials to get that done. It's really cost prohibitive to think about expansion right now from that front too. North says there's been a general suppression on production growth across the country because of those reasons, but the future should see the issues flatten out. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just where we find ourselves right now. In my 28 years, never been a time when we've seen this kind of a setup where we're dealing with massive supply chain issues, which are starting to resolve themselves, together with a macroeconomic picture that's cloudy at best and maybe scary at worst, together with all sorts of geopolitical crosswinds when it comes to global trade, and at the same time, this really high cost of production. And I think as a byproduct, there's so much noise. Most people are just saying, I'm going to sit still for now. And I think that's okay. And North made those comments during last week's World Dairy Expo in Madison, Wisconsin. That's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.